Welcome back to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Ramon Pierre, filling in for Tom Brown. You can find me and a couple other hosts from um, Urban Theologian Radio every Sunday night on 5 p.m., also at Urban Theologian Radio. But today, glad to have on the line with us Leon Brown, a Presbyterian church planner in Virginia. And Leon, um, I want to do this also at the end, but uh, just give people a chance, uh, uh, an opportunity to know where they can follow you or know about what you're doing and even support the work that you're doing. I know you have a Twitter. I think you also have a website. What uh, Maybe you can give that information over. Sure. The, the website address is crownandjoy.com, and uh, Twitter account is uh, Pastor Leon Brown, no, no spaces. So uh, yeah, crownandjoy.com is, is the primary way where you can find out about our, about our ministry here in Richmond. Yeah, easy enough. Hey, um, why don't you talk a little bit about Richmond? Um, and there's, a, I think, I'm assuming, on, I think it's on your website. I don't know. You did a, a sort of a promo video um, about uh, planning in, in Richmond and um, sort of the, the, the diversity, the dynamics that are there. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, uh, about Richmond and then uh, get into how that informs what you, what you want to do as a local church. Richmond is, is a great place, uh, both presently um, it also has a, a deep and rich history, and that history is both positive and, and negative uh, in that uh, you can go uh, certain streets in Richmond and you will see the streets lined with uh, just large con- Confederate monuments. Uh, there are churches uh, that you can go into in Richmond where uh, you'll notice as soon as you walk in the front door, there's a balcony. Now, I think in, in our context today we don't think much of balconies other than you go up there when the church below is full but those balconies were specific in that when they did let minorities into those churches again some time ago the minorities were placed in the balcony you could not intermingle with with uh, the majority cultural or anglos and so there's there's a history like that in richmond which is, is similar uh, of many southern cities but we also have we're the capital of the confederacy uh, and um, 12 Years a Slave, if you've seen that movie, uh, some of the events took place right here in, in Richmond. So historically, uh, it, it's got, uh, again, a, a rich history, but also some things that, that might make you, make you cringe. So that, uh, all of that was taken into context when my uh, church sent me down here to, to plant. And uh, another great thing, though, about Richmond is uh, whether you're in the city, which we are, or in the suburbs, it is diverse across ethnic, cultural, even socioeconomic lines. So there's no place where you can go and and really be in a homogenous area. And because I believe the church should look like the community, that gives us a great opportunity to see people from just all different backgrounds and gathered under one roof. Now that that line that the church should look like the community, I think, is not actually maybe not an assumption for many people, or one that uh, might be easily dismissed. I know in your mission statement, uh, it's it's very much in there. You want to be a church for people. This is sort of towards the end of that mission statement, uh, seeking to be a church for people from various ethnic, cultural, generation, and socioeconomic uh, backgrounds, and 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 that's something I know you, you really believe in. And yet, uh, in, in I want me to just add too. I think what you mentioned, the diversity of Richmond. I think that's all over this country. Um, I'm amazed by some of the places I go to and when I would expect to be sort of totally homogenous, and, and yet you go around the corner and you realize it's like a, a whole community of uh, Somalians, let's say. You know, I remember a couple of years back seeing that in uh, downtown Minneapolis. I was shocked to see that in a number of places in this country that are that way. Um, and yet, uh, you know, the sort of the old adage, and it's a bit cliche, but um, I think true that, uh, you know, that, that 
Sunday morning tends to be one of the more segregated hours uh, in our country. Um, I'd love to hear you think about or talk about, I should say, um, why that matters to you that uh, you lead a local church, and, and I'm assuming you'd want to see local churches really reflect the diversity of their neighborhoods, their their communities. Yes, I do, and yes, it's extremely important to me. Um, not simply because that's that's my background. I didn't get saved till I was in the Navy. So again, I spent ten years in the Navy uh, when I was overseas in England, stationed there for about three years. Uh, someone invited me to church, and the Lord uh, had His way with me. Uh, but and so so growing up in the Navy, even prior. To being in the Navy, I, w- I was always in diverse contexts, and so it's not—it's not that subjective to me. Though I really appreciate being in diverse contexts, I think the Word of God makes it very clear that the gospel is for all peoples. And if if our churches are preaching the gospel, a gospel that's supposed to be for all peoples, then we have to start asking ourselves why aren't all peoples in our churches, especially if our communities are diverse? So, for example, you go back to. Uh, Genesis 17, when, when God made a promise to, to Abraham, he said he would be the father of, of a multitude of nations. That is repeated in Galatians 3. We see Jesus highlighting that in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, that the gospel was to go to all nations. We were to make disciples of all nations. And now it's not a matter of just saying, okay, well, I'm going to uh, develop a missions committee and, and send several missionaries to some other part of the world. We have them right here in Richmond. Hmm. And so I, I just think it, it, it's, it's a... Uh, if I could put it this way, a black mark on the church, um, at least presently. I mean, I, I don't want to be too simplistic. I know there are reasons, especially historic reasons, why our churches are segregated the way they are now. And yet I, I want to say, yes, I know those reasons, but can we now at least say enough is enough? Yeah. And can we say the gospel is for all people's and that means all under the same roof, not like it is in Richmond. You drive down one street, and there's the white church. You drive f- five more seconds, and literally there's the, there's the black church. Uh, so I think the Word of God is very, very clear um, that the gospel is for all people. Think the church at Philippi. Go back and read Acts 16. It's very clear. Read Acts 15, the church at Antioch. Mm-hmm. There's a reason Luke wrote all those names there. It's because they were different culturally and different ethnically. And he is demonstrating to us what the power of, of the gospel can do when the Spirit operates in the hearts of unbelievers and makes us Christians. Yeah, you know, one thing I've, uh, I've pointed out to people is, you know, the, the, the gospels, or the New Testament, I should say, just um, naturally assume that people who are going to be together, that the Jew and Gentile will be sharing the same space together, right, and interacting with each other. You consider, um, you know, Paul telling people to uh, greet one another with a holy kiss, you imagine that, like the the Jewish person kissing the the Gentile, you know, the dirty the, the dirty Gentile on the cheek. I mean, it's it's just a it's a statement of what the the gospel is meant to do, how it brings us together, and how really then local churches should reflect that. And and perhaps what well, is I think one of the most powerful things we could demonstrate to a, a culture that is increasingly divided. I mean, I, I agree, and I, I think that what what hurts uh, is you look into uh, you know. The workforce. So I, I don't care if you're looking at my wife's a nurse. So you can look at the hospital. Uh, you can go to the Target or some convenience store or some restaurant. And at, at least most of the places I attend, they are diverse. Uh, and yet, I go to church on Sunday. At least not our church, but other churches. And and it doesn't have that same diversity. And so I just say, why does the world seem to want to get this? But as a church, we, we kind of say, well, you know, this is just the way it is. I mean, here's, here's, here's an example. Um, 
I, uh, we have a family in our church, uh, an Anglo family. They went to a funeral and saw one of their uh, African-American friends. Not, they don't have just one, but one of their many. <laughs> and uh, they were very excited, and they told this gentleman about Crown and Joy. And his response, this is a Christian man, African-American man, his response was, we just need to keep it the way it is. You see, from my perspective, being, being a black male, it's sometimes easy for me to look at whites and say, especially being in the PCA, that is, yeah. you know, 90-plus percent yeah. white, and say, why don't you people get it? And yet it, it's not just whites. Yeah. Uh, there are blacks who want to remain separated, too, on Sunday. Yeah. So, it's, uh, I mean, that's really a message that applies to all of us. Um, I'd love to, to hear you think, though, about—well, um, oh, maybe I'll just talk about it from my own perspective. I think one of the things— I've found leading diverse churches, um, you know, it, t- it takes work, though. I mean, I think sin naturally wants us to separate. And so I know one of the things people would, would say is, um, and, you know, I can list a whole number of different things. Let's say it's music. Let's say it's, um, you know, there's a you know, big national conversation about race right now. And, um, you know, talking, depending on who you might talk to, even within my own church, you might find some stark differences. Um, maybe it's, uh, you know, what happens, you know, sort of the church ministers that you do. That there's such sort of division and such differences on a lot of those different type of things that, uh, you know, doing well, well, you know, it's ideally and you would want to do a you know, church that's diverse and that reflects all the different peoples in your area. Practically speaking, it's just too hard to do. Um, curious to hear what you think about that. Yeah, uh, it is hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just the truth. Uh, I, I mean, we for after the uh, Eric Garner incident. We uh, had a, a forum at our church that, that lasted three weeks, and we just said, let's, let's just be honest with each other. Hmm. You know, as, as minorities, what, what do we think and, and, and feel when, when we see something like this? And then I asked my majority uh, folk in the congregation, what do you think and what do you feel when something like this happens? Now let's talk about it. And uh, it was just a blessing to hear uh, the African Americans and other minorities say things like, you know, uh, we, we just want to be heard. Why, why do you continue to, to, to make us feel like you're not listening, even if it's implicit? And, and the whites would respond, you know, we, we are sorry, we, we want to listen and we want to learn, but we also want to feel as if we're being heard. Will you do that? And then the minorities would respond, yes, we want to. I mean, it was just glorious. But, but here's the thing I think that makes. Uh, multi-ethnic and cross-cultural church planning difficult, or at least one of the difficulties, is we've elevated our culture, cultural preferences, be it liturgy, uh, even like the one I just outlined. Uh, you will not find any step-by-step, you know, framework in the New Testament for for uh, our services. Uh, though I think we can, you know, look at patterns. Uh, there is no Paul, Jesus. No one ever said, "Here's step one. Here's step two. Here's step three. But again, we can look at patterns. Nevertheless, we hold on to our cultural preferences so tightly, again, whether it's liturgy or music or what have you, and we elevate it to the level of biblical law. Hmm. And when we do that, we, are, we have then made ourselves unwilling and unable to bend. Yeah. And that's what I think, at least one of the things that makes this type of work so difficult. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think um, it... Uh... I mean, to do good multi-ethnic church ministry really does require regularly ask yourselves, in what ways am I willing to submit? In what ways am I willing to give up um, what I hold on to so tightly for the sake of the other? And yet, I mean, isn't that really fit the, the kind of contours, the shape of the gospel? Um, and, and, and I think that just reinforces the point of why uh, it is so important that we have regular opportunities to um, give of ourselves for the benefit of others. 
And honestly, I think, you know, for some people, it's going to be harder than others. For um, some more, in the more majority culture, it might be harder to do because they have a hard time seeing themselves as being in a culture, um, while minorities um, might need to uh, give up some of their own preferences as well. Sure, and I think it's, it's even, you know, Paul uh, tells us, and, and I know we have to be careful with how we apply Paul's words to ourselves today, but, you know, he became all things to all people so that some might, might be saved. I mean, he, he made himself a debtor to, to other ethnic groups, and so I think if we see it that way, we, we might take on a different um, persona versus saying what I've heard people say, okay, 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 you know, we want, we want different ethnic groups and cultures in our church, so what we'll do is we'll compromise. We'll change this or that, and, and my response to that is, you're making compromise seem like something pejorative. Why don't you instead say, we want to be in a place where we're willing to learn. We're going to take the yeah. student seat here instead of always feeling well, like we uh, stand behind a lectern. Let's pick up on that. Uh, listen to 13, Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ, Ramon Pierre from Urban Theologian Radio.